What if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? I gotta say, this is one of my favorites, and I really mean this. It's a new day, it's a new week, a new Wednesday, a new episode of What If It Did Work. And I'd have to say, when it comes to the Mount Rushmore of people that have made a major influence in my life, you're you're definitely on the top four and all. So I would have to say it's an honor to have you on. Uh, Super Coach Michael Burt, how's it going? Yeah, thank you, man. And congratulations on the book. And, I, you know, I was thinking about this. I just wrote at the top of my notepad. What if it did? What if it does work? What if it did work? Because I think I think it's such a big concept. So many people have dreams and hopes and ambitions and goals. And right. And I get to see that as a coach. But 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 a lot of them have fear, anxiety, insecurity. And they never they never really take that dream or that purpose and turn it into profit. And so I think the concept is the right concept. So the, the podcast is the right concept. The book's the right concept. And if you can ever open that door for people, then it's going to be powerful. Well, you know what? You're, you're the one that always says uh, dream big, big dreams, big goals, big ideas. And I have to say, you opened up my vision. You, you expanded my vision. What was it? Four years ago, five years ago when you're on stage at NX? Sure. Yep. That was expanding my vision. You know, I mean, I, I think I think. I don't think a lot of people knew what that one event did for me, both internally to, to, to get up on that stage and be in front of that audience. It gives you a tremendous amount of confidence. It also was just really powerful to see how they did that. How do they do it at this level? You know, and, it, it, and that opens your mind to so much possibility. All of us, including me, are playing small in comparison to what we're capable of doing. And so that's 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 what 10X did for me, just being on the stage. Well, I, I always tell people it's just the belief. You have to have belief and faith in God, Jesus, and more importantly, in yourself. So many people do listen to that inner voice or they listen to, to a hater or somebody that quit dreaming. And they're like, you can't do this. You can't do that. That's success isn't for you. And so many that that's what stops a lot of people is either listening to that inner voice or listening to that that critic or that hater. Yeah. And I think as you, you know, you just got to get out of your mind that when you do big things that you're not going to meet resistance, you're going to meet resistance. You're, and that's the way of the world. Right. And it's it's. And so I think a consideration is an internal thought that prohibits an action. And that comes typically from your past. Somebody somewhere didn't believe you were good enough. Somebody didn't think and you and you listen to them. The fault that we have is we listen to those people or we look at somebody and we go, I'll never be able to do it as big as they do it. Or I'll never, I don't have the skill set they have or the money they have. Well, we can always, we may not be able to do it exactly the way they're doing it right now, but we can take an action. We can do something. We can write a book like you. You can start a podcast. You can have an effort. Like you can take an action. And once you get in motion, then another door opens, then another door opens, then another door opens. And that's, that's kind of been my whole life of just taking an action, even when I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and and they left it up. You've never listened to other people. Dad, you could have stopped as I'm, I'm sure as a child. I mean, we, we both have that 
<laughs> single parent mm-hmm. mindset, feeling different, especially back then. It, it was rarer to be being a product of a single parent compared to now. And having so many people say, Hey, you know, just, it is what it is. I've, I've heard that so often, or I, I heard there, it, it, according to like, even my assistant principal, he said it, I'd never graduate college. I uh, was with a woman that said, I should never, who am I to write a book? And my mom's never even read my book or listened to my podcast. That didn't stop me. That's why I tell people the only person you need validation from, the only person that you need to seek approval for, from, and the only person that you actually truly need to say, hey, I believe in you, is you have to go go to the bathroom or just look at any mirror and go, I believe. I know I can do this. Well, I think when you when you try to do things that other people don't do, they don't know any other way. The brain is hardwired to survive. It's not hardwired for thriving. You actually have to teach it. And if you really go back and study, why do we have such a desire to be liked? Well, in the old days, in the tribes, the last thing you wanted to do was get kicked out of a tribe. Because if you got kicked out of the tribe, you're on your own. And if you're on your own, now you're screwed. So people, people would do whatever they had to do to be like to stay in the tribe. And we have kind of taken that mindset, right? We got to do, we do whatever we want to, to be like, so, so we can stay in the in crowd. But the reality is no matter what you do, there's going to be good, bad, like, dislike, you know, you take, you know, uh, you know, one of our mentors in, in Grant Cardone, there's been times I loved him, times I hated him, times I liked him one day, didn't like him the next day. You know what I'm saying? It's just a natural cycle of, of, of following someone over a long cycle of time. Things I agree with, things I didn't agree with. And so I think that's true in any scenario of, of, of and I think your family sometimes is the hardest people. They just don't see sometimes the visions a person has. I mean, my own family is the same way. So, you know, they see the results, they see the success, but they don't, they don't really understand why does he work that hard? Why does he go that? Why does he travel all over the world? Why is he away from his family? Why is he, you know, it's, it's, it's very fixed mindsets of survival. Well, it's, they're wired to, they got from point A to point B and they don't know how to get from point B to point C. So to them, Comfort is safety. Yes, it's right. like to this day, my mom's like, why don't you go? Since she spent 30 years or whatnot in corporate America, mm-hmm. her definition of success is hating your life for 30 years, mm-hmm. re- retiring, and onto, you know, on, onto golf courses or whatever your hobbies are. And yeah, I, I took the corporate America route for the beginning of my career. I'm like, gosh, I hate this. Uh, so yeah, to this day, uh, I I think I could write six, seven, eight, nine, ten books, and my mom will always be like, "Well, you know, corporate America is calling." <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think too until a person is exposed to something, and they can't see what it can do for their life. See, exposure is an activator of prey drive. Like right when you went to that ten x conference x number of years ago, that that opened your mind to possibility. When you got involved in the coaching programs you have. That opened your mind to possibility. Well, what if you would have never placed yourself in that scenario? What if you never bought that ticket? What if you didn't go to that conference? See, so many people I see never even open the door for personal development. They never even read the book. They never even go to a workshop. They never even know. And so therefore, they don't even really know what could happen in their life. 
uh, if if they just had somebody helping them, right? That maybe knew how to do it. So I think I think for some reason life has taught us that you're weak if you hire a coach. You're weak if you go to a conference. You're, you're, you must be something wrong with you. No, the way you should be looking at it is I have a desire to play at a higher level, and and I, I'm going looking for whoever can help me play at that level. That's the way I look at it. Well, it it always expands your vision because to me it was always like, oh my gosh, I'm here. Yeah, some people would say I'm successful, but these people are on a completely different level when it comes to making money, when it comes to dreaming big, when it comes to doing things. And you'll you'll always hear blowback too from people that don't believe in personal or business development. Why are you going to that? The only person that makes money is the the presenter. Right. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. Uh, Zig Ziglar, when he was alive, 20 yeah. years ago, he'd be like, I'm going to see Zig Ziglar. And like, oh, well, why are you going to go to that guy, that old coot, that old Southern guy? It's, it's all about him and how, how he's going to make money. And, and I hear that to this day, not, not only from my family, but really just the majority of people, because any pers- personal development, business development, all these guys, the Grant Cardone, the Anthony Robbins, even their social media followings, not, not higher than like the Kardashians or right. the local celebrities, Brad Pitt, the big time celebrities. And it, it's funny because, it, and I don't care what, yeah, 10X is coming, I think this weekend, but it'll never be in a football stadium right? at the Super Bowl. But right. yet at a sporting event, you can easily sell out. Or if it's an amazing concert, Garth Brooks is selling out a tour all over the country, his 20th out of retirement tour, and he sells out like in the drop of the hat. And that's fine. We all need to step out of reality once in a while. We all need to enjoy. But when it comes to personal development, business development, you'll never see that within a half hour, somebody selling out in an arena. Whether, whether it was back then, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I mean, you, you would never hear that, like, and it could have been like a super tour of like Jim Rohn, if he was still alive, Zig Ziglar, Stephen Covey. You yep. could put all these guys in a room and they still wouldn't sell out a, a concert, like, you know, that, a, a seminar compared to going to see Garth Brooks, going to see the Eagles, going to see Paul McCartney. Well, it kind of goes back to what what the theme of your 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 book is, which is why can't you become the next Garth Brooks? Why can't you why can't you be the the next person on stage? Why can't you right? Like like we'll spend money to go watch somebody else do their dream. By the way, when you spend money to go watch an athlete or an entertainer or an artist, they're working. You actually paying to watch them work. So, but you're in the in, in the spectator going, well, you know, I'm just going to watch because I could never be as good as them. All of those people started somewhere. All of them had a dream. All of them had a vision. All of them had the guts to go do it. But but that's what's really going on in America is we'll pay to watch somebody else fulfill their dream, but we won't pay to to fulfill our dream. And I still remember as a high school teacher when I left and started speaking. You know, the other teachers would say, well, "And what else?" I'd say, "Do you enjoy this?" And they say, "No, I don't enjoy it." I said, what are you going to do? And they said, what do you mean? I don't know what else I could do other than be a high school teacher. And I'm like, well, that's silly. It's silly that you believe that all you could do is this because there's all kinds of things you could do. And I'm doing it. I'm writing books. I don't. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, writing books. I didn't I didn't really know how to go out and get speaking engagements. I didn't really. I just went out and started doing things. 
And, and I think that's, you know, so some people just have that mental, literally that mental block that success is for some people, but it's not for others. It's reserved for some people. Well, it's scarcity, mom. It's just like the same type of people that feel like if you become a millionaire, a multimillionaire, if you become a billionaire like Howard Schultz, like Warren Buffett, there's a small pile. It's a finite amount of money <laughs> out there. And these people are grabbing from this finite you know, pile of money taken away from everybody else. And it's like, no, the possibilities are endless, just like your imagination. Right. If, if anybody, a listener or any random person writes the next R.L. Stein books, Harry Potter books, the next Michael Crichton, that doesn't mean, you know, Stephen King can never write another book or all the other artists, all the other writers out there. It just means that this book was so amazing that other people are buying it. And I, I try to tell that to people because, yeah, su- success, money, health, everything is in abundance. Your imagination is in abundance. We're, we're, we're only stopped by, you know, the, the limiting disbeliefs and the limiting doubts that we create in our own head. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite quotes was, success doesn't grow on trees. It grows in the garden of your imagination. And if you could dream it, you can do it. And, you know, all those books you mentioned, even Covey, when, you know, he wrote The Seven Habits, they didn't know they were going to sell millions of copies. They, they wrote those books believing that it, this could impact people, but they had no idea that it was going to go on to impact that many people. And I think it's, you know, a songwriter that writes a song that has no idea it's going to be a number one hit, but they just keep writing, man, until they, until they get it right. They just keep working the muscle. They just keep working the muscle. See, when I wrote my first book at 25, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I literally just had a message. I thought I could help. And, and I really wanted to help young coaches because I was a young coach. I had a lot of, of false starts and screw ups from 20, you know, 21 to 25. Made a lot of mistakes. And I really just said, man, it'd be great if there was a manual for young coaches, basketball coaches. And I wrote that book and I literally couldn't sell it to coaches. I mean, I mean, they had no interest in buying a coach from one of their competitors. I had not won a championship yet. So they were like, well, you know, what do you know? You don't, you're a 25 year old kid. But if I would have never written the book, it would have never got in the hands of business people. And in the business world, this was when coaching was just getting started. Like this is a, this is a late nineties, early two thousands business coaching was new. I mean, there was Tony Robbins that was really big in the nineties, but you know, hiring a business coach in the early two thousands was a new thing. It wasn't like everybody had one. So when, when people started reading that book, they were like, Hey man, come over and just speak to our people. And I would go speak, not even knowing if I would enjoy it. And I went over and I enjoyed it. And I said, man, this is fun. And then somebody said, you, you should go out on the circuit like Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz was the coach at Notre Dame. And I'm like, okay, now I can understand this because I'm a coach. So I went back that night, searched on Google or whatever, and I saw Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz was writing books, and he was speaking on winning. And I go, I need to be doing that. I may not be Lou Holtz. I may not be at Notre Dame. But by George, I need to be out there doing what that dude's doing. And that's really what inspired me to go do it. Well, I mean, hey, Lou Colt, Lou Holtz, a legend. Yep. Uh, won a national championship too. Yep. But also I tell people too, why why shouldn't you write a book? You can change your your tra- not only your trajectory, but your family and generations to come. When Stephen Covey did write that, 
he left behind such a legacy that he left left all of that and it was it became a publicly traded corporation to his church and it's like why can't you imagine doing that every good there's just imagine if somebody writes a book that can inspire okay you start inspiring one person then two people then three people then four people the money will come but it's about being in service it's about helping out others and yeah i i i know stephen covey listening to him reading his books he wasn't like oh well he was sitting right behind a, a typewriter or word processor going hey you know what this thing's gonna make me millions i i can't wait and that's and okay so if your your first book wasn't a huge success mm-hmm. but you know what that's you wrote one book that became multiple books yep. and then you did become successful and how many people everybody oh i've you know they're they're bucket lists well so many people hit that never hit that bucket list oh, i want to write a book i want to do this i want to do that a lot of times it's just abstract somebody says i want to write a book that's like them saying i want to i want to cure cancer right. i want to be miss america it's yeah. just something good to say or or like all those miss teen usa I, I want world peace i want this i want well instead of wanting it how hard is it to put pen to paper start with one paragraph one sentence one word and, and you know work your way that way no nobody's going to be writing, uh, you know, War and Peace, or nobody's going to become Shakespeare overnight. But just that gradual consistency of you're putting pen to paper. Well, I'm old school. I, I yeah. write pen to paper yeah. and then transfer it over. But if somebody's on a word processor, somebody's on a computer, start with one sentence, start with one paragraph. You know, if you keep on doing that consistently for 300 days, 200 days, yeah. It might take you 200 days to write a book, but like when people ask me, how long did it take to write my book at the time when it came out, I said, it took me 47 and a half years yep. and yeah, <laughs> people, it, people literally thought, it, 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 but no, it's, yeah. but how, how long did it take? It didn't take long because when you start something, you have to get that process going. It, it's like, I, I I know we're into health and fitness. You didn't get this way overnight. You had to have a oh my gosh moment that I'm tired of sick and tired of being tired. Let me change. People want the instant gratification. It, it sucks to actually work, whether it's to lose weight, to be in a relationship, to make money. It takes time. It's a process, and it's a consistent process. And a lot of people, oh that. It's a oh moment because it, it's so much easier. Yeah, you can write a book in in a day. Or they love hearing. Well, Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky in what, uh, a weekend. Or, but you're you're not Sylvester Stallone, and you know I'm sure his other his other scripts took a lot longer than that. And that's just it, everybody always likes that excuse. Like you're still too you're you're not old enough. They'll be like, oh well, Harlan Sanders. With KFC, well, you're not Harlan. You don't have a secret recipe. So let's not wait till you're 80 or 65. Why don't you do something now? It's the art of starting, of initiating, whatever it is. If you want to speak, it's getting out and speaking. 
for free. If people knew how many times, Omar, I spoke for free when I first got started, where I didn't make $1. I mean, I'm talking civic clubs, rotary clubs. And then I went and worked for a company called SkillPath that paid me $250 a day to do five seminars a week in cities. And I'm talking like rough cities. I'm not talking about great cities to go to. And you think, oh, traveling is going to be great in crappy hotels, Clarions and and Best Westerns. And I mean, run down old hotels where four people would show up and I would have to coach for eight hours for $250 a day. And they gave me $40 to eat on. And I would take the $40 and stop by some little restaurant by myself, carried all the books, drove to every city. This is back when I didn't have Google Maps, literally had a map out going from every city to city and entertaining people for eight straight hours a day, five days a week for $250 a day. And, and you know what that was doing? It was going to college, it was going to speaking school, entertaining people in New York City, then being down in Florida, then being in Meridian, Mississippi, then being in Florence, Alabama, then being in Oklahoma and, and just obscure cities teaching a workshop. You know, I mean, that's that was the best thing that could ever happen to me is going out and doing that and learning how to connect to people from all over the world, all backgrounds and own a concept for eight hours. I mean, it's just, it was the best training I could ever give. It, it, hard work. And it's <laughs> yeah. funny because people were like, Oh, I know you follow coach Michael Burt. I saw this video yeah. and, and they all love, or they, they see your inner, your social media. They, they see the jet. They see, it's like, that was a process. He wasn't an overnight success. And that's funny whenever you hear like uh, any entertainer go, yeah, I was an overnight success. It only took me 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I, I know the feeling because when somebody wants me to be on a podcast, I mean, I was on a general contracting podcast. And what do I know about building houses? Absolutely nothing. Why did I do it? Because if somebody wants me to be on it, I don't care if Caesar Milan wanted me to talk about fears of overcoming the fear of a dog, but anybody, because you have to pay in your dues. And, you know, oh, you, it, it, it was that old adage I heard for so many years when I was married. Oh my gosh, you guys were so lucky. You're traveling all over the world. Right. Well, I, I oh they'll always use that excuse. He must, not only is he lucky, but he must have inherited this money. Because even yeah. people that that knew me and or knew my ex wife, I, I remember a fraternity brother. I hadn't seen him in years, and he asked my my ex wife. We were married at the time. He's like, so uh, did your parents give you all this money, or <laughs> did his parents? And she she looked at him like she was crazy. And it's like, no, we, we from ground zero, just ourselves. Cause it's always, oh yeah. It's all, I, you know, I can't do that because I don't have Michael Burt's luck. I know. He, he won a state championship and, and to them, yes, you won a state championship in high school, women's basketball, but just overnight they, you know, you can, you became like the Rick Pitino of endorsements, just, just like all 50 other state high school women basketball coaches that, you know, are, are just world renowned now. And yeah. And you, and you know, and you know, I think about that because winning the state championship to a lot of people really doesn't, it doesn't mean that much. And I understand that, but it's not, it's not winning the championship. That was the most important thing. It was learning. It was a decade of learning 
It's like T.D. Jakes preaching for 10 years to 100 people in a church, in a little church in West Virginia. Right. And he's cooking the food and he's doing the sermons and he's doing that. He didn't he didn't just wake up and start Potter's House in Dallas, Texas, and then have 10,000 people there. It was the that's really what winning a championship taught me was just 10 years, 80 hour work weeks just to just to test my concepts and ideas to see if they would work. And and the winning just validated that they worked in that setting. So I don't, I, you know, you, when you, you see a guy like a, a LSU coach or a Saban or somebody win national championship, they're doing it at a big level. What they're learning about psychology and, and how to take people from all walks of life and put them together and, and win and pressure. That's really what I was learning when I was a high school coach, you know, and that's really what has helped me build a small business because building small business is brutal. I mean, it's especially in the speaking and coaching business, because, you know, it's just hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to scale. It's hard to grow. It's hard to convince people to take action on having a coach. It's hard. it's a it's not an easy. It's not like selling insurance where they got to have it. It's not like selling a mortgage where a person's going to get a mortgage. It's it's a, it's a it's selling the invisible. It's selling something of future outcome. And so I've had people, you know, even come on my sales team that sold products for other people. I said, man, this is so much harder than selling a product. Well, it's because you got to, you know, this, all those things that you talk about, about what if it don't work? What if, what if I spend a bunch of money? What if I don't learn anything? What if I don't get my mind? Well, I went to one event 10 years ago and it didn't work. And so you're overcoming all of that fear for a person to make a decision that, that they can do better in their life. And well, because that person will spend a thousand dollars on a concert, but they'll think twice or, or like, like it's a life and death situation. A thousand dollars over a program, yep. even twenty five dollars for a book. For a book, like whoa, that's crazy. And to me, it's always like, just imagine if you pick up that book, and it could be a million dollar idea. That that, that book doesn't cost twenty five dollars. And what you were talking about, yeah, it's a process. You said TD Jakes, TD Jakes, Stephen Furtick, all those guys, Joel Osteen. It doesn't matter. Those those are church church people. Yep. Business people, you spoke about Nick Saban. If you look at Nick Saban, if you look at Brian Kelly, if you look at any coach's biography, they just didn't show up and they're the LSU head coach, the Notre Dame head coach, the Alabama head coach. Their biography is like pages long because they graduated college. They probably didn't play too too much NFL or anything. Right. They they became a graduate assistant, usually at the school they put they played for a year or two, barely making any money. Then they had to bounce around from small school after small school, uh, specialty positions left and right, all the way up to hopefully be an offensive coordinator. Hope you don't get fired. And it's a process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at all these guys. I got paid so much, but have you seen the coaching carousel compared to the staffs and all that? Yeah. It's a process. But it, it's a long road and it's, it's a long journey. So when people that that's why I, I tell people, yeah, go go to your program, buy a book, buy buy your book. And I, I the number one book that I tell people, anybody, whether it's a plumber, AC guy, because everybody has a competitor is your book. And I, I even have it. The yep. person of interest, because to me, you have to give and we're all in sales. When yep. somebody calls me. Oh God, I hate sales. I'm like, you're in sales. You you convinced me to have this conversation with you. We're friends. 
that you gave me a compelling reason. You gave me a compelling reason to talk to you. You gave your husband or wife a compelling reason to build an empire together. And I tell people the person of interest with that book is, yes, you're, you're a plumber. Yes, you're the AC guy. You're the pool guy. But give us a compelling reason beyond all the competitors why to use you. Because like what Grant Cardone would always say, if they don't know you, they don't they won't float you. So yeah, you're you're the AC guy. But go on social media and don't say, oh, use my service. Right. Be be a person of interest. Show us your family. Show, show us why we need to hire you. Show us your personal side. Show us your team. Show us that you're an amazing guy. You're like, oh, I don't, we don't do this. I'm like, have you watched used car salesmen or any car dealer? They they've been using that. They'll show their their kids, their grandkids. They've been doing person of interest forever because, quite frankly, if you're buying a new Mazda, does it really matter that you see the husband, the wife, the kids? No, because they want they want to give you a compelling reason. Hey, I might screw you. I might charge you five thousand over MSRP, but I'm a likable guy. I'm human. Yeah, I think when you really understand person of interest, people are going to go to somebody for for, for what they need, right? And I really believe uh, that obscurity is the problem. They just don't know you. They don't know what you can do. They don't know how you can help. They don't have an awareness of how you can help. And so being a person of interest in the world, you know, I live in Nashville and people come to Nashville and they go from being unknown to known. And that changes everything for them. Just that one thing. They're unknown artists. They practice on Broadway. They sing for X number of years. And then one day somebody recognizes them, puts them on a bigger stage. Next thing you know, their whole life has changed. Right. And, and that's kind of what 10X did for me. It, it changed my whole life because I went from being unknown to known to that group of people. But that but still even being known to 10,000 people is more than a few people. So, you know, it's it's, at the, you know, I, I always say the key to the many is to the one. And when you do a good job with one, then they open the door to many. And so I just think that when you're when you're in business, if you can't get good at marketing and promotion and being known, then you don't have a chance, man. And that's really what person of interest is. It's it's just how do you take your talents to the world and distribute those talents at a higher frequency? Well, and that's that's the number one thing you taught me when being you you are my mentor was that. And for and that's why people are probably like. Why the hell is that smoothie guy yep. on social media every day? Yep. Well, my sales increased and people, because my competition wasn't. I'll, 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 while other people are social media stalking their, ex, their exes and their ex-boyfriends and people they hate, I, I, I made sure every, every surrounding business within three, five miles, I would watch what they're doing, which wasn't much. And then I, I gave them all a compelling reason. I gave them a story every day. It didn't have to, you know, please come here. It was never that. It was never, oh, well, $5 Friday. It was always, hey, this is who I am. This is my family. This is what I, I have to offer. And I, I, I know you. And I, I, I remember hearing the real Brad Lee saying this. It's social media. Be public. <laughs> why, why are you private? I try, try my best. Yeah, Brad Lee impersonation, and that's true. I, I mean, yes, I, I have people taking shots at me, and they still do. And yes, I've had ex 
but my, my ex-wife knows what I'm doing because, well, usually other people. So I tell her what I'm doing even before they can. And I've, I've had crazy amount of haters, but I'm open. People can know what I'm doing. And it, it's never been a, hey, look, look what I just bought because I could care less. But a lot of times I, I do it to, to throw other people a bone or just to say, hey, look, this is what who what I'm doing now. But once in a while, I'll, I, I'll, I tell people who I was because, you know, you have to know. I mean, you said it best. You remember the clarions. You remember that horrible continental breakfast. <laughs> and when people I, I just got back from Las Vegas and I, I remember I, I, I remember more getting up to the point when I, I was going to Vegas and I had to see who had the best offer or where, where can I get the best coupon or the best deal or, or, or the cheapest meal and, and stay at, you know, everybody always thought I stayed at Caesar's palace. And I remember starting out fresh again with, with my ex business partner and ex-wife. And we had to work our way just in, in anything somebody that that's shopping at pay less today 10 20 years yeah they can take the the family vacation to disney world and stay at the contemporary and stay at the polynesian and stay at the the hawaii disney village but you have to you have to start now you have to do things now the hardest step to me has always been believing in yourself to write that book to to become a, a coach because i'm sure you got brushed back that they're like they're like michael you're a high school teacher. Yep. You're, you're doing well. You're thriving. People love you here. You've, you've, won, you've won state championships. Why are you going to rock the boat? Why are you going to leave something secure for something that's so insecure? Yeah, that's actually what my boss, who I really loved, who hired me, said to me. You know, when I walked in that day to tell him I was retiring at 31 years old, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you're going to leave at the peak of your career. You're probably going to win four or five more championships. You know, the school went on to win seven more championships after I left. And so it was it was just this, you know, talent pool coming of great players. And and I said, yeah, man, I'm going to go do something bigger. This is not big enough for me. And he was like, are you kidding? Like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe you would do this. You know, and I was just I'd already made up my mind, man. I'm going to the next level. But, you know, back to your point about being on social, my daughter stops by Smoothie King almost every single morning on the way to school and gets a smoothie. Every time I go to Smoothie King, I think about you. Every time. (laughs) This one's in Tennessee. Now, here's the point, because there's no other Smoothie King owner I've ever seen on social media. So so there's no there's not even any awareness of another one out there other than you. Because you were on there with your Smoothie King thing in the mornings, you know, and people could see it. You're talking about it. And that builds a brand. It builds a brand in people's minds. You know, it's kind of like when people come into town and work out with me at uh, back at F45 when I owned some of F45. Then they go back to their city and join F45, you know. And, and now I didn't benefit of that because I didn't have any ownership in those F45s. But but it still grew the brand for F45. Because I was talking about it and I was in there every morning. I was taking pictures in front of things. And people say, man, when we come into town, we want to work out with you at F45. So so anything you do to build the brand, to be in front of people is a good thing. And that's what people are scared to death because, you know, what if the right person sees it? What if what if it changes everything for you? What if 
What if somebody who's making a buying decision that day hears something you said and hires you? That's all possible. It's not possible if you don't put yourself out there. What people are concerned about, though, is that one person that takes a shot, that says something stupid, that posts something stupid about you, and you're like, oh, who am I? It's, uh, yeah, the F45 thing is a perfect example. Um, Before, to me, if I was doing a drop-in, I'll only go to a, a CrossFit gym, a CrossFit gym. And now, because because of that, Jim, yeah, I still wear the Murfreesboro when it's cold out, which isn't too often. I'll, I'll wear an F45 Murfreesboro hoodie yep. that, I, that I got from the gym. And yep. yeah, I, I go and, and I, I post it on, so, on right. social media. Hey, here I am at F45, which is locally owned. It's a mom and pop gym. Right. And that's just the power. And that's why I tell somebody, if, if, if your buddy owns a, a restaurant, why are you busy posting that you're at Joe's Stone Crabs in Miami Beach or you're at No Boozer, that you're at Seasons 52? Every, we all have credit cards. Right. You can do that. Why don't you go and say, hey, I, I'm a, at, at Joe Bob's Taco Stand or I'm, uh, I'm doing this for this? Because at, we're, we're too concerned about, well, yeah, he doesn't own a flashy restaurant. I might get six more likes. If if I'm if I'm at Nobu, if if I'm at this world renowned, if I if I check into the Kid Rock bar right. in, in Nashville, that's so much cooler because then people will be like, and and that that's why social media is so addicting is because people are busy trying to like and out like the other person and say, hey, look at me, and they don't realize all that. that instead, they can just flip the switch, which is the new title of your new book coming out, flip the switch on that and give them a compelling reason. If you're that good, if people really want to know you, then why don't you flip the switch on and use and monetize your social media awareness instead of, Hey, look at me. Maybe I can get a hundred likes or 200 likes. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to have a story and you got to have something valuable to say. And I think you got to have core beliefs. And I think that builds affinity with people. And and the more they hear it, the more they see it, the more they recognize it, the more they may be interested in it. Some will, some won't be interested in it, but some will be interested in it if you solve a problem for them. And sometimes solving that problem is just bringing them a good energy. Sometimes it's bringing them a, you know, it's an idea. Sometimes it's bringing them a strategy. Sometimes it's bringing them a mindset. You know, you just always need to bring something that could benefit another person. And speaking of flip the switch, I know that's your... Your your new book coming out, you told me, in October, yep. near my daughter's birthday, October 22nd, hers is the 26th. Yep. And I, I love the concept of the book, uh, but but talk, talk to the listeners out there. What, what's so different about Flip the Switch compared to all you the other Flip the Switch is kind of the culmination of all of the years of my study into inner engineering people. See, what I really figured out after 20 or 30 years of doing this is that nothing happens until the prey drive is activated. Prey drive is an instinct to see something and pursue it. It's a motivation. It's a, it's a drive. It's a, it's, a, it's a desire to pursue something. And so what I've really done is taken the top motivational theories, deconstructed those theories, come up with my own theory that everybody has a prey drive, P-R-E-Y-D-R-I-V-E, just like an animal does. And but that drive has to be activated. 
It has to be reactivated. There has to be a persistence to it. There has to be an intensity to it. There's different things that activate different people's drives to want to go do something. And we live in such a complacent nation that that people don't know how to activate this drive. So they kind of live life in a very nominal state and they never peak up. The people hit the big licks, peak up. The athlete peaks up. The artist peaks up. The, they peak up on something, but it's because something inside of them a deep because goal, a deep intrinsic motivation. And so that book is really the science, my science of how, how to activate that drive in a person. And we call it flip the switch because, you know, the, the publishing company wanted to know what does the book do? And, and I said, man, I, it flips the switch in a person. It activates the switch, like activates the energy to the lights. Car switch, you know, when you turn the ignition, now you push a button and it initiates, it ignites it. That's really what I feel like my coaching does for some people, and it activates that drive in them. So that's why we called it Flip the Switch. Now, Prey Drive, I, I 100% believe in it because I, I might seem like a nice guy, but yep. in the business world, yep. I would activate that Prey Drive whenever a new competitor came within yep. my neighborhood. Yep. Because, like with the saying, it's business, it's not personal. But to me, I would have to be laser focused because I didn't want to go back to corporate America. I didn't want to lose market share. So I I could go from the good guy to being from, I I didn't want to be the the hunted. I wanted to be the hunter. Right. And everybody has that within it's, it's just basic human instincts. People, people all want to say, well, I, I don't, I'm not that guy. Sure you are. And, and it's, it's, it's just evolution when the saber tooth and like what you're talking about, the, the small village, yep. all that, we're all, we've all been designed. That's why the, you know, the, the, you activate your, your body goes into the state of, of shock because, you know, oh my gosh, you know, a saber tooth is after me and right. our, our, our ancestors while compared to now, adrenaline and everything kicks in over something different. Our, our, our bodies weren't designed to say, well, that was just some idiot that cut us off. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The prey drive is activated and that, that creates an action that creates an energy. So salespeople need, pre- everybody needs prey drive to, to, if they want to pursue anything. Well, why don't, so why do so many people not have it? Why are they complacent? Why do they get lazy? Why do they, you know, that means so the book kind of goes into why do two people become complacent? Why do people get lazy? Why do people let off the gas pedal? Why do people stop pursuing their dreams? Uh, and then each chapter goes into different cycles of prey drive, you know. And so if I can get this thing finished, it's going to be out in October. If I can if I can get these last three chapters finished, I've already written the book. Then we're re-editing. Then we're re-editing again. So it's taking longer than I anticipated. And I'm sure you you hear this from a lot of people. How many books do you plan on selling? Because it, it and it's always from people that never had written a book. Because they always ask me how many books have I written? Because right. they they either want me to say only six have have purchased it, or it's like, well, it's it's not Harry Potter, right? And it's like I don't care you, the best selling business development the best selling personal development books 
come nowhere near fiction because people want to live in fiction. That's right. That's why the New York Times bestselling list, they have two different sections. <laughs> one for fiction, which is huge numbers. And the other one is nonfiction, which is reality, which right. everybody wants to disconnect from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at the, if, if they didn't have that separation, you would see, you know, typically 19 of the 20 are fiction books in the bestseller list. Maybe one nonfiction sneak, sneaks in there every now and then. But it's you know, a biography. Yeah, exactly. And it goes back to, to, to Jim, you know, to Jim Rohn used to saying that, you know, we, we spend nine minutes on entertainment and one minute on education. We should be spending nine minutes on education and one minute on entertainment. But very few people do that. You know, and that's that's why we live in the world we do of, of, of but but that allows a small number of people to really dominate, you know, and that's if you want to be in that small number that dominates and when you got to ask the question, what do they do? What are they doing that I'm not doing? Well, that's why when you why do so many people not activate their prey drive or they can't flip the switch? Why do they stop on their dreams? A lot of it. People are concerned about. And to me, this is like a cancer, but it's. It's comfort. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's that, well, coach, if you stay coaching and you stay a high school teacher, not only will you win all these championships, but eventually you'll get tenure and you'll have a nice retirement. You see, it's always that. It's like, well, I can't leave. I hate this job. And I, I have a countdown. I've only got 22 years left until I retire. But next year, I get an extra week of vacation. It's always that comfort that, well, they will give me that 4% increase every year, which is just inflation. They, but (sighs) my boss isn't that bad. How about if I do something else? And oh my gosh, I hate that boss. It's always that comfort. It's it's the fear of the unknown. It's it's like uh, diving. And, and I, I tell the story I, on my honeymoon, we went to Hawaii and even though I'm from Miami, I, a horrible swimmer. And it was one of those uh, um, snorkeling tours. Well, I dove in and I panicked because the fear of the unknown and you know, sharks are in Hawaii and right. who might be the boogeyman or piranha. So I, I nearly drowned my wife. I nearly you know, looked, made a fool out of myself. But it was that fear of the unknown. Right. Even though, yes, I did know how to swim. It was what's in there. Sure. The unknown. And that's that's why people with their dreams are how, how about if I don't get validation? I need yeah. somebody, uh, I need an accountability partner. I hate when people say they need an accountability partner. So you right. need somebody to wake you up. You need somebody to baby you and go, oh, so did, did you write down your goals today? What, right. what did you do today in order to have a better tomorrow? Right. What, what did you sacrifice? Oh, that's so good. And, yep. and to me, that's whenever somebody says, can, do you have an accountability partner? I, I, I can be a smart ass and go, yeah, I, I've known him my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll, I'll call my ex-wife and go, can, can you be my, can you wake me up at five or to make sure I'm up. And, and then can you be my snooze button and make sure I'm up again at 515, which I tell people that snooze button. If you need the extra 15 minutes of sleep, then go go to bed earlier. Never. Right. That, 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 that's something Zig Ziglar always said. Jump out of bed with purpose and say mm. you're going to have an amazing day. 
Yeah, I love it. Well, and that's true. You know, I mean, I think I think I have a routine when I when I when I wake up, and and that helps me activate my pre drive. Um, especially if I've gone hard for a long cycle of time, and I need some rejuvenation. But I think accountability is kind of a myth because they're not with you. You know, another person's not with you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So you can tell them one thing. Yeah, you can show up for your thirty minute accountability session if you want to. You can you can make up how many people you called. You can. But what are you doing the other 168 hours, you know, 167 hours? You know, that's where self-discipline comes in. And so that's really what we're trying to teach in Pray Drive is how do you activate your own drive so that you can go pursue your own goals without constantly needing somebody to do that for you? Well, self-discipline, it's like that. I've seen this meme and I've seen the saying. So you worked out for one hour a day. Yep. What are you doing for the next 23 hours? Right. Yep. Which means, you know, you, you can't go to the Golden Arches. You, you, you can't drink a six pack afterwards. And well, I, I did work out the one hour. And, and self-discipline is key. So there's no, when oh, well, I can walk on coals at a UPW or I can do this. Yeah, that's that you're surrounded with people, 15,000, whatever people that want to take their business themselves to the next level. That's not reality. You're going to go back home and you're going to, oh, that's stupid. Oh, but let's, you don't need to go work out. We can go drink. You don't need to go work on your business. You, that, that's where, that's unless you're going to be in motivation every day and you're going to have, be in that circle, which nobody has, you know, that, that circle of we, uh, people doing firewalking and saying yes and cool moss and, that that's what it is. It self-discipline is key. Motivation can get you, hey, the idea can get you awareness that yeah, this isn't the life I want. But it, it all has to come from that self-discipline. You have to give up things too. You you have to give up the comfort. You have to give up the weekends. Even though everybody loves the weekends, Brantley Gilbert sings about it, Lover Boy sings about it. All these entertainers, all these athletes perform though during the weekend. That's right. <laughs> the pros, man. It's, it's yeah, like, it's like that's what I say. When somebody's like, oh thank God it's Friday. I'm like, yeah, well, Garth Brooks, every rapper, every entertainer, right. every actor, Tom Cruise, I'm sure he's not like, well, hey, you know what? We can't film Mission Impossible 26 right now because this is friday saturday can we start back <laughs> up in a couple of days yeah. on monday exactly exactly i mean that that's exactly how people think man and that's really what we got to change in people if they want to if they want to take it to the next level now here, here's my question i i know how to find you but what would you recommend a person a listener a person that just picks up this one episode what part of the journey should they start with you, is it picking up one of your books, or is, is it going I, I, I actually your think I actually think it's going to my YouTube channel because every morning drive I do goes to YouTube. Every you know, a lot of stuff we do goes to YouTube. Gives you a chance to watch, observe, see if we have affinity. You know, I would tell person go there. You know, if you like there, go buy a book. If you want to get in a room with me, come to a boot camp. If you want to get in a coaching program, you know, we you know start start down a path of acclimation, of studying and watching. And like I said, we put up almost one video every day. So, you know, the morning drive on Facebook every morning, it is pretty much almost every morning through the, you know, so, so I, I think just start watching and start getting engaged and start getting interested in your potential. That's where I would start. Exactly. 
And, you know, I, I started fully immersed, but I was already in that world. And full disclosure of everybody, I wrote the book, What If It Did Work, uh, after going to your, your publishing seminar, yep. your publishing retreat yep. with, with your publishing company. You're the one that put the idea in my head that my life is about being of service. Yep. It, it wasn't about selling smoothies. It wasn't about selling retail. Yeah. That, yes, that got me from point A to point B, but that's not what I wanted to be known as. Uh, when my, I'm creating my legacy, I'm creating my, I'm writing down my obituary. I didn't want somebody to go, hey, you know what? Omar Madrano, what a great guy. He owned six, seven, eight, whatever amount of Smoothie Kings. He was a great guy, especially on Friday when I needed a discount for a smoothie. That's, right. that's not what I wanted my, my legacy to be. I didn't want somebody to read that in my obituary. Right. Now, granted, Smoothie King didn't want me anymore, so it was, it was a mutual thing. Uh, I, I felt like Will Wade at LSU's basketball coach. <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. To me, God... Knew I wasn't happy. Jesus knew I wasn't right. happy. The universe. Right. Things don't happen for a reason. And that's why, you know, I eternally grateful. People yep. thought when, whenever I was on your uh, on your jet that I was flying to Vegas. I, I don't I don't I don't know why, but they would tell my ex-wife that I was I was flying off to Vegas for <laughs> <laughs> All right. so you see, it, social media does work. I, you know, I, I, I don't know where, I guess they don't see it because, you know, never once did I post, Hey, I'm flying to Vegas or, you know, if, if it's, we flew to Atlanta and we flew to Indianapolis. And then there was that time that we took pictures right. in the hangar, but yeah. But so, so you see social media works. Yeah. And so I, I'll, I'll always be eternally grateful. And, and exactly. People have to, you have to ask yourself, is, is what I'm currently doing what I want my legacy to be? Yep. If I don't change who I am and what I'm doing, would I be happy the day I die? And I, I meet God. I mean, that's right. Jesus. Will I have regrets when I'm sitting in hospice or, or when I'm sitting around my my family. I could have. I could have. Right. That, that was the only time we had. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm 48 now. Yep. Time flies. I remember being 18. Yep. Time is valuable. And, you know, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for being still alive and well at 48. But how about if I kept on saying, hey, one day, one day, one day is called a town of never. It leads to a town called never. And Regret sucks. And that's why I tell people, hey, write that book. Nobody, nobody reads it. Who cares? Right. Yeah. At, at least you, you, you left behind something that that's art. It's no different. Right. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. 100%. So any, any closing words for? No, thank you for having me. Congratulations on the book and for, for pursuing your dreams and doing what you're called to do, man, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. I think that's, do you have, an any, do you have any new um, seminars in the pipeline? You know, I've got, a, I've got a new one called purpose to profit. That was a virtual summit that we've turned into a two day boot camp that I think is pretty interesting. Um, when I step back, I was going to do this virtual summit. I didn't know if it work or not work. We ended up having about 503 people on it, which was great. And uh, you know, they asked me, 
when we were going through all the discovery, what you what what do you really do for people? And I said, well, man, I kind of help people discover what they're supposed to be doing and and then how to make money doing it. And we said, what what do you help people purpose to profit? And I'm like, I really like that concept. So it's a new product out there. We're doing two day boot camps on it. Probably do some virtuals on it. Uh, that's that's a big thing I'm doing right now. We're still doing the other boot camps, the MB School of Speaking and Coaching, and for for people that want to speak and coach and write, we're still doing those. We got Monster Nation that'll be in in the fall, and so you know it's just every day, man. Get up and see what people need. I don't create products and then try to sell them. I look at problems and try to create solutions to those problems. And that's a big part of how I come up with my content. That's that's true. You you walk the walk, you talk the talk, and I definitely have to hit up a purpose to profit. I've been to all the other ones. I've I've been to Murfreesboro the past three years, probably yep. more than than yep. most most cities out there in this yep. world. So well, you're, you're always welcome. Come to anything you want to, and I, I, thanks for having me today. Congratulations on everything, man. I really appreciate you. All righty, brother. Hey, thank you for your time, Coach. And Hi, bud. You guys have a great day. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. I never told no one that. My whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it be what if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.